Hello and welcome to Blockchain Gaming World, episode 134. I'm here, Sean Jordan, and joining me today we have Owen O'Donoghue, who is the co-founder and uh, CRO, Chief Revenue Officer, I'm guessing, of Infinigods. How's it going, Owen? Hey, great, John. How are you? Good, good, good. I always kind of think, if, if you're the Chief Revenue Officer, that always sort of... That always worries me. Everyone that sort of looks at you. Whenever, so how's revenue going? Well, Owen, how's revenue going? <laughs> it's, 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 it's the key thing. You know, it's like, hey, it what's, how's the bottom line? How's the top line? And are we making money or not? Can we keep on going? Um, but it's good, good. no pressure. But yeah, but but actually, it's it's funny because it was it's 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 uh, I think in other companies, it's very well defined. In our case, um, myself and Damon are the co-founders. And it's like, okay operate across everything. Let's give ourselves some generic titles and just, just go from there. Focus on building the games and then worry about revenue and other stuff later. Yeah, no, it's very, when you're in a start, startup, it's kind of funny, is it? When it? If you don't have some of those some of those sort of positions and everyone sort of goes, well, why haven't you got one of those? And you're like, well, sort of do everything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're all utility. Well, I think we're all like utility players, you know? Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, so we've got plenty to talk about with uh, Infinigods and what you are up to. You're doing a lot of stuff. Um, but before we sort of head straight into that, let's, let's get a bit of background on, on you because you've had an interesting history, at least in some of the sort of your, your previous job before you got into blockchain. So uh, could we get a bit of sort of quite history of, of you in gaming and then sort of the, the move to, to Web3? For sure, yeah. I spent uh, 15 years in, uh, in, in, in actually technology companies that have turned into gaming roles. Um, uh, actually, before before I joined Facebook uh, early, I was actually at Microsoft, and uh, the first time I ran into um, really worked on a big game launch. And so, if people and I, I was pretty much straight out of college, but uh, I joined at a time where uh, Microsoft or Xbox was launching Halo Three, and saw uh, which was like by the way huge, like was mm-hmm. was you know, Halo One and Two were huge, and Halo Three had all the hype and now all the marketing weight uh, behind it and was actually Microsoft's big, big bet. Uh, this is like pre-iPhone and everything. And so saw how um, this big brand could be delivered um, to a big audience and um, was obviously fun because I was such a big, uh, I, I was obviously a big Halo, Halo 2 player actually predominantly before that. Um, but it was just really cool. And um, hey, that's how games are launched. That's how they're created. And they're these huge, big um, uh, pieces of IP. And then Fast forward to I joined, I was fortunate to join Facebook um, in their European uh, HQ in Dublin when they opened in 2010, really just to try and help figure out what's Facebook's commercial value proposition uh, at the yeah. time. It, it was very much just a uh, where you'd share photos of cats and your, your, your babies, etc. And, um, and uh, you know, we, we, had a, we had a platform um, that was endeavoring to be like a Microsoft.net platform, but ended up being taken over by free-to-play games. And I and I actually then got into the free to play gaming world on on web, and that was a complete one eighty to Halo Three, where <laughs> yeah. it's it's not this big upfront. This is like the best thing ever. Uh, this is like a Hollywood movie. It's like it's a free to play game. We get players in a funnel for a cost, and we see if they retain, and if they retain, we monetize them, and then it's 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 a it's a financial calculation. And um, that was, um, it was really interesting because as a gamer, I was more console, PC, huge uh, championship manager game, which I, I know folks in Europe really appreciate, people in the US don't have a clue. Um, and so it was just interesting to see in Facebook, we had these super uh, basic game loop, game loop type, type games. So think about Farmville, like very easy, like from a game loop mm. point of view, but incredibly addicting and incredibly monetizing when you started to see the numbers and so 
it kind of tripped that finance side of the brain where it's like, wow, like the game's business isn't all showbiz up front. Actually, a lot of it's like a live operations product with people who will really understand that. And, and that actually really colored my thinking on the, the industry and where I spent the last um, decade with Facebook was building out our, our, our business where um, we moved from those desktop-based games to actually what's our role in mobile, particularly with Apple and Google Play, it, 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 kind of 2011, 2012 taking on, and we shifted into being a provider of organic and paid traffic for games. And, and actually up until 2022, we were one of the biggest um, and I think Facebook still are meta rather are, are one of the biggest contributors to growth for for the majority of, of free to play mobile games out there. So very very fortunate um, in that period of time crossed over from uh, you know I was operating in Dublin and London, which is a lot of fun, and crossed over to move into uh, Silicon Valley and, uh, and and the West Coast here um, in the US and just start to see how things work in, in that world. Um, I think you know what was interesting was getting on to um, throughout particularly you know, th that decade at Meta was constantly seeing new business models around gaming come on the scene. And so, um, you know, things like daily fantasy sports were huge in 2014, particularly in the US. Um, so, uh, you know, led Facebook's team there. Um, uh, then we also had uh, in-app advertising, so hyper-casual games, which was like dominates the top downloads right now, but was absolutely thought of as a nothing business until 2016 and People figured out they could do ad arbitrage um, and created huge companies like Voodoo, AppLove, and et cetera have come out of that. So was 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 was, was uh, excited to be part of that. And then we had actually towards the end of the decade, uh, we had uh, cloud and instant games were the hot new thing. And so always was 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 seeing that from the big companies' perspective. But then you know started to see blockchain coming on and really felt this was actually something revolutionary. I think like like a lot of folks you, you maybe talked to. 2017, 2018, people are making 100x off buying Bitcoin or Ripple, uh, Litecoin, all the Bitcoin Cash, um, all this stuff, trading on Polynex. A lot of these things that have now been like, you know, knocked off. Um, <laughs> uh, but but actually got in there because like, oh wow, this I can make money fast. You know, that, that's if we're honest, that's where a lot of people got into it. You know, th this is the quick book mentality. Um, and so that was interesting. But 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 and it kind of went away then for the general public. But then in 2020. Um, we started to see Axie Infinity, started to see Top Shot. Um, uh, we actually, CryptoKitties was actually a client at, at Meta as well. Um, okay. And so what always started to interest was that where we studied those games, and I'd say particularly CryptoKitties was actually the more informative one for me, was they had much greater, like if somebody actually owned the asset and there was some sort of value that they could trade outside the game or they could trade it, when we started to see their retention numbers, they were just off the charts. Hmm. They were way bigger than anything we'd seen free-to-play gaming and even console gaming. And so there was like, there's something there. Um, the industry took that and actually decided their financial products um, over the last two years. And everybody created, um, uh, created essentially a white paper. Here's an NFT. Here's a token we list and we somehow keep liquidity into it. You don't know how, but there's liquidity. Don't worry about it. Hmm. Um, there's ICOs, there's DEXs. I mean... Don't worry about it, but there's liquidity. And, 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 you know, a market kind of seems to form around all, market formed around these things. I mean, uh, myself and my co-founder, Damon, who, who, who we, should, we should talk about in a second, um, he's a very successful gaming entrepreneur. We've always looked to do something. And we said, look, that's really interesting the way the market's taking it. Um, there's maybe something there, but we actually fundamentally think this is actually a real big 
level up for free-to-play gaming. Because now, essentially, people can not only rent stuff from uh, the, the game developer, they can actually own it. Um, and actually, as a game developer, now you can start to really build scarcity into your games in a meaningful way. And then the second thing is you can actually, I think this is like the real powerful thing we've discovered, especially with our first game and where we think the future is of the space and why you would even bother building in Web3, building a game, is that if you think about game economies, the last 10 years, pretty free to play. And actually, I would say like paid paid games, it's developer led, it's, it's demand side. You like my game, you want more of stuff, I sell it to you. And actually, I can manipulate the prices and all that stuff. And actually, that's okay. That actually works. That's very successful. But where we firmly believe blockchain gaming um, uh, play actually adds real value for a gamer, not a speculator, is it says parts of your economy will not be closed. You can actually say only players can actually trade those between themselves. So you mm-hmm. can introduce sell-side economics into your economy. And we think that's huge because that actually that actually gets more people involved in the games. Also, from a developer perspective, means you can monetize more players and you can retain them for longer. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's a very long-winded answer where it came from yeah. and why, why I got into Infinigods, but, mm-hmm. but maybe helps explain... Um, you know, why, why I passionately believe in this space and, and where it's going. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's, that's interesting because I say, as sort of said, said before, I think everyone, everyone has, you know, everyone's sort of moved from sort of the beating gaming to Web2 gaming to Web3 gaming. Obviously, there's, there's the same sort of sort of uh, pillars or, you know, key foundational bits of the technology that we all sort of, um, you know, un- understand. But I guess everyone's career sort of flavors the particular ones they find particularly interesting and obviously you working on on the on that more sort of i guess infrastructure ad side uh, 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 facebook stroke meta is sort of as, as then led into you know seeing seeing what those early products could do in terms of that, that sort of data um so you've come at it in a slightly different way from someone who's been maybe making you know rpgs all their lives and sees that yeah he's sort of ownership from a different model so so that's sort of now now sort of make, makes me sort of understand a little bit more where you're coming at from, from infinigods but let, let's sort of dig into that so infinigods um you've been going for a, for a couple of years and i guess what's interesting as a i guess a sort of first impressions um thing with infinigods is one you you're you're sort of very committed to making three games and now you sort of have i think one one's one's live one sort of in sort of some sort of beta and one sort of coming fairly soon so you've got sort of three products that are in, interlinked so using sort of a bit, bit of opera, interoperability there but i guess the other interesting thing is you've taken this sort of um overarching sort of narrative stroke art approach where you're very much into sort of the the historical mythology and all that sort of stuff so i guess there's two sort of questions there so, so one let's start with the with the sort of mythology type stuff um you know why? Why do you think that was that was interesting? And you have these maybe we're getting too much detail. You have these these elder gods, which are your sort of main NFT sort of characters, which are sort of actors boosters. Is that the right way to say? It? Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm waffling on there. So let, 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 let's go with the let's go with the sort of the art theming sort of stuff first. How, how did and I guess that comes into the company because the company's called Infinigods, and the gods are sort of a key part of that. So yeah, it's actually one of those things. So so it's it's almost like when you look to build any game, forget about Web three. It's like IP can actually help you, and so if people. Mm. If you have to build your IP and your lore, it's actually can make it very, very hard actually at times. And so we said, hey, where, where, where can we start from an IP perspective? And uh, what's free IP? And so this was one of the categories that came up. And so a lot of people, 
know Zeus and Poseidon, um, and and there's there's a great, you know, there's kind of a few things like, and, and again, this was very, I'd say, data focused. It's like, hey, what is something that a lot of people understand, but also can scale globally? Because yeah. every single part of the planet has some sort of mythological lore, and we just started with four. Uh, which we think will cover like Europe, US, and and, and Asia uh, at a broad scale, but also allows us like I'm Irish, like if we want to go Celtic mythology, if that we can do t- to do that, or we want to go uh, something somewhere else, we we can do there. And so it allowed us to get that IP, so people will know if they play. So if they play, for example, a uh, Mortal Siege, which is our which is our tower defense game, they know Zeus will come on, and as they're defending their towers, he'll hit a lightning bolt. Yes, you know, like so, so, so I think it's that the consumer will actually understand very quickly the the value of those, and and we started with the elder gods really because like that actually sets the the stage where hey, these are the most powerful characters across the universe. Um, you, you probably all know that know the names depending on where you come from, and actually, what's funny in mythology, a lot of them have children, or they have um, uh, other gods, or there's heroes associated, or there's monsters associated. So it's pretty much a uh, almost an endless catalog of uh, of IP you can roll into your game, again, where it's Web three or not. Um, and then this, the second part is there's there's frankly an economy of scale. So it, it's 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 kind of like look, we're not having to go to the drawing board every time we do a game to figure out okay, well what's the what's the scenery? What is the theme? Like there's there's a big economy of scale. So the games can be completely different genres. But from an art perspective, from a even a storytelling perspective, um, it actually enables us to move much faster. Mm. And that probably is, colors a lot of our decisions is we do look at blockchain gaming as being very nascent. And um, again, going back to, I'd say, the Facebook days, it's about like failing fast. Uh, it, it's about shipping product and figuring out what works and what doesn't work and then scaling you know, what works, et cetera. And um, you know, we have three games now. Um, across the same IP and, 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 and the same shared mythology, um, there is absolutely game four, five, and six in the pipeline. Oh, really? And okay. six to nine <laughs> month build times. Yeah, because it's like we don't expect all three to hit. I'd love if they did. And actually, I think all three have unique value propositions where I, I could see them being top of the app, app store charts. Um, but the reality, if you've been in gaming for a long time, is that like it just it, it, your, fir- your first game doesn't necessarily always hit. The, the, the example um, that always stuck with me was actually um, Supercell and Clash mm. of Clans because they were a really early Facebook developer we worked with uh, for years. And uh, they spent two years and they produced over 70 games where it's prototype or live. Mm. And it was game number 71 or something it was in that range was Clash mm. of Clans. Mm. So so it ju- just goes to show you like they didn't hit it from 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 from, from day one. Um, and then it also contrasts to what we see in Web3, where some people were trying to build a AAA game. Mm. And as like, and they're getting great pre-sales and that stuff, but it's like, like, even if you make a good game, there's still so many other variables. And so the test, you know, kind of testing, uh, 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 you know, learning, uh, building, you know, build, learn, test, uh, build, test, learn, rather, uh, um, is, is the real motto. And, um, and we feel that's the way to go. And, um, uh, you know, any sort of economy of scale in terms of your IP and your art is going to help there. And then obviously having shared NFT assets, mm. we think is also just really cool. We think it's like one of one of the things we, 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 we said from the outset is what are the pillars? Where's the technology really cool for the gamer? 
And one of the things was I have this character or it could be anything else. And it, it, it gives me access to do things in other games as well. Yeah. And actually, if somebody wants to build a game around those characters, good luck, away they can go. We think that's just really cool. Um, and so we've always stuck to that. And we've always honored that. And our, 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 our collections are in use across you know, two games. We proved that in April and a third game coming in uh, in September. Mm-hmm. Now, as you say, it is an interesting sort of philosophy about, how, you know, and I don't think it's sort of one size fits all, but there, there is this, I guess, I think there is, from my point of view, there is sort of one strong argument where it basically goes, you know, um, you want to have the, sort of the biggest sort of hit you can and make it the best you can. And sort of the, the more you can pile into like one product, then the sort of more solid it feels and the more sort of blockchain sort of fits within it. Um, but equally, as you say, to make a decent game now, you need probably quite a big team and probably tens of millions of dollars, and that takes you two years. And so there's this sort of opportunity cost in that. Um, it's it's more like so, five years. The triple yeah. A stuff is like yeah. so we, we we faced it a lot. I think it was it, it always again, particularly at Meta, because um, mm. we had a lot of console advertisers, but they were they actually were dwarfed by mobile, um, and the commercials actually mobile dwarfs as well, which I always find is interesting. Because uh, in, in in the in the Web three space, people focus on the AAA stuff. So like like think about Star Atlas or Alluvium. Um, the challenge is nobody has ever broken through there in the last like five six years. Um, who isn't a big publisher? And so mm-hmm. so um, and the build times are five years, and the market can move very fast. And that was a big concern. Is like you know we we had actually debated doing a much bigger like Clash of Clans type game uh, at the start, and then we just felt the build time was going to be so long that things could change and what's funny is look how things have changed just in a year you know in terms of what's accepted from a tokenomics is almost completely completely done a 180 uh uh, so um i think that was one of the one of the the concerns now you still hope the companies who are in that space we need them to be successful we need them to deliver product soon so it's certainly not a knock on them um it's just for us you know, uh, we're funded, but we're not funded. Like we don't have a hundred million of funding, so we don't have the time yeah. to do that. And so we need to operate pretty efficiently. Yeah. And I think it is one of the nice sort of things with your product. It sort of ticks off this, this interoperability thing, which, you know, a lot of people, it sort of comes in, sort of comes in fashion. And obviously it's one of those sort of temp pegs of blockchain that, that, you know, sort of sitting in the pub, people philosopher get philosophical about <laughs> get the right term. Um, where you, and sort of it's interesting because I think for a lot of people they, they can you can sort of see how it would work, but getting it to work is is just like like an absolute nightmare. And really, unless at the moment an individual company is building multiple games using that sort of stuff, it's very hard. I mean, I guess loot is the best example of it. Seems that should be great, and people have sort of tried decent people have tried to do things around it and it's just not sort of coalesced because it's just not enough force for everyone to do it and so it is interesting that i think you know it's probably a few others but but you're you guys are sort of in the vanguard of we've made three games and the same nfts work in them and it's a little bit like the audience can sort of choose and we can see how it works taking audience from one game to the next game and you know and easier said than done like yeah. that's, that's <laughs> even in that like, like, like seriously we 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 um like even this is where the infrastructure has improved over the last year, which has been great. But mm. like in September, for example, on our first game in Finemerge, um, and we've always been like, we've rolled that product out pretty early on. Yeah. Um, but like even in September, I remember like some of the existing solutions for recognizing what's in somebody's wallet and therefore allowing, giving them stuff in game. Mm. Like we were having to write code around that to actually augment it. Mm. 
Yeah, and so so like like you know that that and that actually takes a lot of time. Um, you know, making sure they actually they show up in in, in the right format um, uh, with things like refresh and cooldown times. So you can use your NFT, but yeah. like it can't be just this infinite like you just win by using it. You know, every single time. Um, we we want to have some balance there, but just getting those things right actually takes a lot of experimentation um, in there as well, and then. But, but fast forward to when we did the alpha for Immortal Siege, we only opened it up to our pass holders and some other folks. And like, um, we were able to like identify, you know, if you had over 100 of our assets in your wallet, we were able to identify and like load it up super fast and like, you know, um, got the content delivery network. So it, it's funny, all that plumbing, there's a lot of theory out there. And then like when you get into the plumbing, there's like, there's a lot of there's just a lot of work you need to build yourself. Um, but mm. again, we, we've seen that progress on our side and the industry side. Um, so I always like to throw that in because I think um, every time you go on uh, Twitter Spaces with a lot of folks, um, there's a lot of great ideas up here, and you're like, oh, yes, I get it. Yeah. Interoperability is one of them. But it's like the plumbing is really hard. Like, like yeah. just to be clear, that's why it's taking a while for a lot of for a lot of games. And even if, if, if I'm right, I'm not quite exactly sure what you had was on-chain and off-chain, but Infinimerge, you sort of had these followers that were, you had an arc that you could sort of take the followers off of and they were, the arc was an NFT and I think then they, you sort of burnt it and they were probably then, the followers probably weren't NFTs, but they were sort of like sort of bonus items using the game. So so you had a more sort of complex sort of situation yeah. just reading an NFT into a wallet. You Exactly. We, we, so, so we were looked at like the, we looked at the, essentially the, you know, the ERC20 uh, model, mm. which was predominant, which, you know, let's get a brass tax on it. I launch an ERC20, probably on a DEX. Somebody sets up liquidity pools uh, or I do a presale. It gets a price up here. Yeah. Uh, people can earn it in game. And, but what, here's what happens. It goes like that. Hmm. Every single ERC twenty has dropped like that because the amount of speculation um, uh, that's in there, and so we said that model is is um, that model just doesn't feel right for gamers. Mm-hmm. And we said, look, what are you really trying to do here? Um, and we 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 kind of and I, I firmly believe this is the future of the space, and where we're on to something that's going to be groundbreaking. Um, and so the idea really with 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 followers and arcs is. If you have something off-chain that only players can earn, mm-hmm. and they earn through gameplay, like mm-hmm. so. In in our case, if you if you complete a level on Infinimerge, think about Candy Crush. If you get three stars, um, you get some of these followers, and they're actually power-ups in the game, so you can use them to like help you score more. So people who play just for fun, and we have a lot of players like that, they actually really want followers, but they can never earn enough of them, and we don't sell them direct. So we say, okay, this is now that this part of our economy is sell side. And for you to sell that, you do it via our platform. We call it the shipwright. And essentially you bundle up your followers and you sell them to other players. And the bundling is done via an NFT. And the blockchain guarantees you know you're buying those power-ups. And so think about some examples with like I think Diablo did it really well. Um, I think World of Warcraft, where there is some pretty big gray markets around people selling in-game items. Mm-hmm. We see it with CSGO now and some of the skins. And so there's a lot of like, there's a lot of trust. If you have a, if I have a 100,000 pound skin and John, I'm going to sell it to you and I hope you wire me the money, etc. And like we do that account transfer. There's a lot of trust there. If you say actually blockchain now 
guarantees that, that's the value. That's the value, and so 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 we 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 firmly believe that if you introduce sell side economics into free to play games, you still keep a lot of demand side in there. You don't need every single item to be sell side. Certainly not yet. The market's not there. Gamers aren't there yet. Mm-hmm. We think that actually then introduces new gaming behavior. Um, so payers in your game will continue to pay. They'll want that, uh, and they don't really care about like speculation. They don't care about return. They want those items because it helps them be better at the game or achieve whatever they want to do in the game. But then for players, and what we've seen is players who actually, in a, in a kind of a cold way, they're non-payers. So they play our games a lot, but they actually never have bought our Elder Gods or our game passes that give you access to different uh, tournaments, um, or they've never bought ARCs. But for them, they can actually start to go and say, okay, look, you know, I'm playing this game, I like it, um, but I can actually trade some of the things I've built up over time, and I can actually, uh, uh, I know other players want them, and so I can actually trade them. And when they actually do that, they, they go to our platform, they actually play a mint price uh, to us to mint that. And we've been actually very careful around our, our economics where uh, typically over the, over the last five months, and we even have like data and curves to prove this, like people will consistently are able to mint it for $10 mm. and they're able to, and this is just the followers in ARCs loop and they're able to sell an ARC for an average of $22. Okay. Uh, and we have, we have payers who want to pay, who value it at that price uh, based mm. off their in-game, uh, uh, how, they, how they use it in-game. And so that, that for us then opens up Then more people are getting over that psychological hump of actually paying and now they're participating in the economy and so then you can start to say, are there more tools that I can actually help give to these players to actually um, uh, to, to take more to actually own more of that? They, they are now like it's like Amazon. We sell some stuff, but you also sell some stuff on our platform. Let me give you tools to do more of that, so you're successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it starts to open up the the um, the economy to those types of um, behaviors. And Infinimerge is a perfect little sandbox to showcase it. Where uh, we've had, I think we've had a, a crazy amount of, of 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 sales, like direct sales of people buying the gods from us and buying passes from us. But then we've had even almost better um, attraction in people actually doing that in-game trading. Hmm. And there's no reason why you would buy these apart from if you want to play the game. Yeah. So because they're not an ERC twenty, it's just a pure in-game bundle. And hmm. so um, that's how we're building all of our games with those 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 on off-chain to off-chain pairs throughout our games where players will start to come across places where hey there's this thing in game we can't sell it to you. you're going to need it if you like a certain game mode and maybe you want to sit there and just grind it out and then sell it to other players or if you're a, a player who wants to monetize you don't buy it from us you go to our platform and other yeah. players sell it to you so that's yeah. that's where we see the future of this space yeah nothing that's that's good on, on on two parts i mean i think it, i think Developers are realizing that them not selling things and players doing it amongst themselves is sort of, in a sense, it's, it's the harder role because yep. you, that sort of has to, that market has to sort of. I mean, you can help it a little bit, but that sort of has to kickstart itself. But once that sort of gets going, then I, I think over time the education sort of becomes players are sort of happier to buy things off other players. I mean, I think that takes time for them to psychologically become aware of that. But that's sort of nice that you're. I'm trading this with other people who are playing the game. So it's not, you know, I don't think you're an evil developer who's taking money, but there are some, you know, some players think that about developers, even if yep. they like the games. And, and, and the, But this is just trading among players. And I guess the other thing is, over time, people who don't spend money but are, are selling, obviously, are then maybe incentivized because they're earning, then they some of that, they do become spenders because 
they're earning and then they think, well, maybe I'll buy one of these higher level NFTs, which helps me in some other way improve my, you know, my other business or something. So it's really it's, it, sort of things. And it's a, it's a funny gamer behavior that's actually existed even before Web3, like where some players will like hoard resources yeah. and then trade within clans and guilds and so on. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's really just using that, um, that side. But it's, it's very, it's, it, 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 the model itself is, is, is very interesting. I think we're already beginning to see it with mythical and NFL rivals. Mm. Um, which is, I think, is the biggest sleeper Web three game out there. Um, yeah. And and again, it's 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 a very simple premise of um, playing. It's actually a pretty fun game if if you like American football. Um, but it's, but you know, you essentially get these card packs. You unload them. You get these players. And if you don't want one of those players, you go to the mythical marketplace and you trade it to other players who maybe want that. That that is the future. Like that is, I think, where where you get mass adoption and mass scale. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so, in terms of uh, obviously, you're not going to tell us about games four, five, and six, which are not announced yet. <laughs> but, but in terms of sort of where you are for the next sort of six months, um, will you have everything sort of those the first three games? Will they all be live by then, or how are you sort of working with those? Yeah, um, for sure. And probably a bit of uh, alpha, as they call it. But mm. uh, we would always we call it a release schedule. Um, so we're going out to the Epic Store with Immortal Siege in September. Okay. Uh, which is going to be really fun. Um, ex- excited. That game will be going on mobile in the November timeframe. Um, but we want to go Epic first. Um, um, uh, they are just really cool right now, just as a platform. They have very few games and a lot of players. Um, and we think we actually fit very nicely there. Um, our, uh, our, our game King of Destiny, that's going to be also live in, going live in September. I think we'll actually have a, um, a playable beta for. For a lot of for for like uh, for for players in, in, in before then as well, we already have like test flights. Uh, we actually even have a Google Play version that that that, that we, we we have about two thousand testers on, uh, which but we don't we don't we don't promote it in the Discord. Uh, we have it under a different name and stuff like that. But again, we're just seeing like how do people interact? What do we need to change? And mm. um, that game is very close to launch as well. And then for Infinimerge, we're going to keep that going on 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 being browser based for the rest of the year. We've got we're rolling out additional pantheons. We've got some more quests coming out there as well. Um, but with that product, we're intending to take it uh, mobile in Q1. And okay. we will be building in features that will make it more accessible to Web2 consumers. So uh, you'll still see the same power-ups today. But there'll be other options, other game modes for, um, for, the, for the mobile gaming consumer. And so, so pretty much um, every quarter, we're going with a big launch. Yeah. Uh, and particularly a big mobile launch. And, and to be very... To be very kind of clear, you know, um, uh, for each of the mobile launches, we have a very distinct growth strategy. So we'll be going out and both through organic and through paid means, we'll be going acquiring players. We'll be acquiring at least 100,000 players per game to understand and actually test our lifetime value versus cost of acquisition. We'll be testing our viral channels. They'll include like Twitter, Discord, but also include things like Facebook Connect. So invite your friends. And we'll be fundamentally understanding um, are these games that kind of, you know, build, learn, iterate? Is it like keep them going, like scale like crazy? Uh, which again is like 99 out of 100 of the top games uses this strategy. We're, we're, we're doing the exact same playbook here. Um, if that looks good, keep it going. If it looks okay, make some changes, keep, keep testing while it's live, mm. uh, and then see if you hit that tipping point or if it's just actually not hitting any of those metrics. You, you essentially put it in harvest mode, so you don't actually commit to doing too much more content, uh, and you just you keep it there on the various stores. So very, you know, we're not trying to promise everything is going to be like huge success, 
Um, we have tried to make sure every single game, though, if they had nothing Web3, that there's something unique about it. And so um, I think Immortal Siege is a great one to, to, uh, on that. So if this was a pure Web2 game, we'd be saying, this is tower defense, but with deck building mechanics. And and it's like, because like, it's always been traditional tower defense with, you know, just placing your towers. Now it's like, you've got, a, you've got, a, you've got another choice. You've got a set of cards. You need to figure out when you want to play them. You've got 10 minutes to defend. How are you going to play this? And so even on that side, we look for those unique differentiators. But we also build in like a lot of the trusted systems that we know have worked in similar games as well um, uh, to, make, to, to help players retain, help them keep coming back. And if they do that, then they'll, they're more than likely to start to monetize in some fashion. Mm-hmm. So, so it seems from what you're saying is you're, you're pretty positive around app stores as being the distribution channels, despite all this sort of still somewhat uncertainty about certainly Apple and how it's allowing people to use NFTs. And we, you know, still not very clear that a lot of the apps are actually not not clear to me, at least that a lot of the apps that are on the app store that using NFTs are using them in a way that is compliant with their terms and conditions. Yeah, I have a long history of dealing with <laughs> Apple um, from Facebook. <laughs> and obviously, you know, things went to an interesting head there a few years ago. But <laughs> it's, to, to be fair to Apple and to Google Play, and we had this at Facebook with a lot of new categories, including, you know, we call it crypto gaming at the time, is like you are trying yeah. to protect the consumer. Mm, yeah. And so one of the, and, 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 like, and by that, it's like, if people, if there are, for example, what Apple don't like is if there is like a, an app on there and let's, it could be crypto or it could be, you know, one of these kind of cash type, mm. uh, you know, payday loan apps, um, mm. unregulated real money apps, uh, some of the skill-based apps. Um, Apple is like saying, hey, you, if I allow you to download this via my own channel, and you end up losing a lot of money for something that's unregulated by your by your policymakers. And we're actually liable for that. And actually, it's just not a good experience, and people can fall fall to that. And so, you know, Apple and, and Google Play and Facebook actually have all all really took a view of look, anybody who's coming with a you earn a token through gameplay, they've pretty much said no. Like that that yeah. feels very unusual to us. Um, mm. Um, and the, the same, the other piece is, is, is they don't want experiences gated by NFTs. Mm, so only yeah. people with NFTs can actually like essentially play the games. Um, unless you could, and by the way, the, the, provision, the provision is if you can buy them via Apple, then it's okay. Mm, yeah. um, and so there's some, some models, like we mentioned, uh, NFL Rivals, uh, they have a working model that's scaling on, on, on mobile as well. I think we've seen the adjustments in Axie uh, Origins, which is very interesting. So you actually get three Axies for free. I think that's a that's a great ex- example of Sky Mavis meeting Apple halfway. Um, uh, uh, and then I think there's games like Upland, which I'm not sure it's necessarily a game, but that's been live on the App Store for about two mm-hmm. years. And and again, you can buy their in-game currency um, on their website, or you can buy it via Apple. Uh, obviously, Apple or Google Play. There's a thirty percent tax on that, and you can go and actually buy things that are non fungible tokens on the US blockchain. And so, it, it's really playing it. I think, I think you need to like play with the platforms. Like, I think you need mm-hmm. to like be there. Um, you know, going web only. If we look at the last two years of Web three gaming, particularly since Axie has really died down. We're thinking there's, and Dapp Radar shows it, there's maybe 700 to 800,000 unique active wallets playing every day. Mm. And they also do a lot of double counting. So yeah. like, 
if if you have two wallets playing two different games, you count it as two, but it's just one real person. So, 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 so we've seen with the browser game-based market, um, it's tiny for Web3. And then in general, the browser-based market is about 1%. I think it's about $2 billion, uh, in terms of, 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 of payments uh, forecasts in 2023. And you know, it'll be close to $180, $190 billion market overall for gaming. Um, so you need to be where, where people are and where gamers are. And you need to have a model that actually makes it easy for them to participate too. Good. No, no that, that all makes sense. As, as you say, there is sort of, I think, you know, this year there's sort of people are sort of finding finding their way and they're finding their way with Apple and they're trying to see if Google are sort of, is that the same or is Google being a bit more open or and so there's all that sort of leverage that people are looking for. for, for they're definitely more open. It's interesting. Yeah, they're definitely more open. You, you, it's, I don't want to say it's a tick box, so you do get an extra mm. review, but the process yeah. is a bit easier with Google Play. Um, yeah. they, have a, they have a system set up. I think the, the, the other thing is that Google Play, for all the, um, one of the big issues with mobile gaming people have had is uh, from a business side is user acquisition is, has become very hard. Yeah. Um, that's only been on Apple. Uh, you know, Google Play, um, you know, essentially developers still have the same level of targeting that they've always had. Um, yeah. and, and in fact, you know, there's more, there's more devices using Google Play, et cetera now. So Google have always been more open, and and it's funny some some of their team members you'll actually start to see their advisors here and there. There, yeah. we've, we've run into a few Google Play folks who are like very heavily involved in Web three, mm. and so that's always good for the ethos um, of uh, of how they'll approach a new industry like uh, uh, like blockchain gaming. Yeah, cool. lovely, good. Well, we will keep our eyes open for your uh, for your quarterly launches and. Uh... See, see how you get on uh, you, leveraging App Store. That'll be, that'll be fascinating. Yep. Thank you very much for your time, Owen. That was really good. Thanks so much, John. Yeah, and uh, uh, thanks for having me on. And if you, you or any of the listeners want to try any of our games, uh, we'd be delighted to set them up. Cool. Good, good. Well, there you have, there, there you have your... Uh, wait, how should they find you? Dis- straight, to, straight to the Discord, I, I imagine. Yeah, straight to Discord, um, uh, 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 to the Gods Discord, or probably the best way is find us on Twitter. So it's it's it's, it's okay. twitter.com stroke Infinigods. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, we've uh, we're always producing new content, new updates there as well, and uh, always excited to to welcome new members. Good, good, excellent. Thank you very much for your time, and uh, thank you to you uh, for watching or listening to the podcast, wherever you are consuming it. Um, every episode, we're talking to the people who are building out this uh, crazy, exciting, I think, uh, and very innovative new sort of form of gaming, which is you know hopefully takes the best bits of gaming that we've known for the last thirty five years and is bringing these new interesting models um, to make something sort of totally, totally innovative and and fascinating so uh, please subscribe to the channel and uh, come back next time see you then